Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Last week on episode one of our brand new Wise Tech Global mini-series, we weighed in on one of the biggest industry discussions at the moment, visibility. I was joined by Gene Gander of Wise Tech and Amna Shah of AHD Consulting, one of Wise Tech's service partners, to reflect on some big industry questions. What exactly does visibility mean and why is it so important? What impacts are we seeing on the industry after several years of heavy investment? What are the barriers to achieving true end-to-end -end visibility? And what exactly is WiseTech doing to tackle those barriers? It was a really insightful episode and a topic that we all need to get involved in. So I hope you all enjoyed it. And now in today's episode, which is episode two, we're turning our attention to an equally complex area and that's compliance. Cybercrime, supply chain disruption, climate change, socioeconomic turmoil, every day seems to bring yet another challenge for compliance, leaving many organizations fighting to keep up. But if you're considering letting one or two compliance issues slip down the priority list, think again. Because today we're gonna be revealing the true cost of non-compliance and the data might just surprise you. So welcome to the show, Craig and Lori. Last week was a fantastic show. We really took a deep dive into visibility from an industry perspective, as well as from WiseTech and its customers' perspective. And it was really nice to get a full like 360 take on the topic. So I'm really looking forward to doing it all again today with compliance. So let's start with some introductions. Craig, can you let us know who you are and what you do at WiseTech? Hi, my name is Craig Selig. I'm the product manager for customs and compliance for WiseTech uh, for North America. Amazing. Welcome, welcome. And Lori, tell us about yourself and your company, Jazz Forwarding. Um, so I'm Lori Arnold. I'm vice president of compliance for Jazz Forwarding. I've been with the company for 20 years. Our worldwide and USA offices are headquartered here in Atlanta. Uh, we're a privately owned company and we handle um, multiple verticals from pharma to government logistics, automotive and aerospace. Yeah, Jazz Forwarding was a big name when I was in forwarding a few years ago as well. So welcome to you both. So let's talk about the ever-changing compliance landscape, because it seems that just when you think you have something nailed down, it's all changing. So talk us through the last few years and some of the biggest changes that we've seen impact the industry. Craig, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, things are always changing. We always have to be on top of things to make sure that we understand what's what's happening, what's going on. I mean, really just, you know, the increased scrutiny on denied party screening. Um, there's always additional security filings that seem to be popping up in various countries around the world. So you really have to stay on top of these things uh, to make sure that you're always compliant. Yeah, I know that when I was in forwarding as well, compliance was a really big topic. I know at the time, I think we were all doing CTPAT, you know, and all sorts of things to try to be compliant as a freight forwarder. Um, and there was a lot of different hoops and different things that we had to go through. Lori, what's your take on this? How has it impacted the industry? Wow, there's, there's changes all the time between uh, the 301s you know, we have exclusions, then we don't have exclusions, and then they're reinstated. <laughs> the the anti-dumping, countervailing duties, they just keep seeming to be increasing. 
And then we, of course, had UFLIPA come in uh, recently, and we've had to deal with all the forced labor issues. So it's a complex and challenging time. What is the last one that you just mentioned? Just <laughs> some of the audience doesn't even know what that is. So UFLIPA is the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention. Um, so there are uh, shipments coming from the Uyghur region or believed to have been uh, made with forced labor from that region. Those shipments get stopped by U.S. Customs and investigated. It's a very long process. It's a very tedious process to try to figure out um, if you can prove that your commodity was not made with forced labor. And uh, it takes a long time to figure it out. So I think compliance is really getting down to also traceability all the way to, I guess, raw materials and and sourcing and and all of that, right? Because it never Mm -hmm. used to be really. It was really about compliance around customs and the regulations around customs and making sure that we were bringing in the right goods. But I think now compliance is taking a whole different road in the fact that it's going all the way back to sourcing now. Yes. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of change to the industry. So, of course, you know, attempting to keep up with all of this inevitably, you know, becomes a huge cost center for any organization. So talk to us about some of those costs, you know, the costs of running multiple systems across global operations. Craig, I'm going to start with you and then go to Lori. Sure. It's it's amazing when, you know, I talk with companies and I find out that they have literally 80, 90 systems, you know, if they're a large global right. forwarder, it's uh, hard to fathom that they can manage all of those. They have different contracts with, you know, all these different uh, software companies in different countries and, you know, getting those systems to talk to each other has to be, you know, a, a huge challenge and and really a big expense on their part. Yeah. And I just think about myself with all the tabs I have open. <laughs> you know, for logins, right? So you're talking about systems and you're talking about having to go into different systems to do multiple different functions as a forwarder, but also there's multiple different logins depending on what platforms you're using or not using just even to trace a container. And so one of the conversations that I've had recently is around how much data are you actually letting go of when you're using those websites to log into to trace a container or to do other functions and you're actually leaving your data on the table and not actually keeping your data close. Is that right, Craig? Yeah, that that is actually a risk that, um, you know, we might not think about all the time having to log into all these different websites and all these different areas that, um, you know, you're just trying to get it, get some information that, um, you know, besides the time that it takes you, uh, yeah, you're you're also exposing your your user ID and password to all these different places. Yeah, and I think the cost of even giving over that data, you know, we might not think about it as a cost, maybe in hard dollars, but your data is like your oil, and so you're really giving away not only risking your data, but you're also giving away that oil to other people to be able to use whatever, however they want to use that data. Right. Right. Lori, what what are your thoughts on some of the costs that we're incurring because of some of these compliance issues that we're we're facing today? Well, it, it's like you mentioned, it's your oil, right? Um, the cost of time, the visibility, the efficiencies, 
I don't know how companies can do this with multiple platforms when you're global like we are. Uh, it's just too big of a compliance risk and, and it's it's an important area. Yeah, absolutely. And is some of the cost uh, sometimes manual? Like I read a stat the other day that 64% of supply chain professionals, people in the industry are still using Excel. Wow. Right. And so like, what is the cost of that as well? So you've got these multiple systems, you got these multiple logins, and then you're also using Excel to track some of the data or maybe move data from one platform to another, right? You're downloading and uploading, downloading and uploading, <laughs> you know, just to put it into perspective for everybody. You know, I gave the example of all the tabs, but then you've also got the downloading and uploading of data using Excel, multiple people using it. Um, data being missed potentially as well. So a lot of these costs, I think, that we're talking about could be monetary, but I also think that they are costs that are kind of hidden, right, with some of the things that we're doing and how we're physically actually managing the compliance and managing some of our operations. Lori? Yeah, you know, compliance is, is not an area that that you want to try to cut those costs, Right. Um, it's like you mentioned, if you're using spreadsheets, data could could get missing. It could be dropped, right? And, and you might be missing something that you need to know. So the cost is money-wise, yes, but there's all kinds of other costs, right? The hidden costs from penalties and yes. just failures that you, you know, miss something and you you don't catch something for your client. Well, and the penalties, that's a that's a really interesting one, right? Because a lot of times we're paying as a forwarder or like yourself, Lori, you're paying penalties uh, for the client, right? And it could be something that they did, their supplier did, or whoever in the chain has done. But ultimately, ultimately it's usually the client that pays for those penalties. And so there's also a cost in time going back and forth, trying to prove, you know, who made the mistake? Where did it come from? Who's going to pay these costs? And it's really just a waste of everybody's time if we can't all get on board um, with compliance and making sure that we collaborate and work together, right? Yeah, the cost of penalties is uh, extremely time consuming. Researching the issue, how it happened, what happened, how can you fix it, the corrective action, trying to get it mitigated, it, it can take a lot of time and time is money. Yeah. And that's not the only consequence of non-compliance. Um, and we're talking about big numbers, right? So organizations thinking about reducing costs and pro profit margins might start thinking about the ways they can cut corners across compliance. Whilst that might result in short-term reduction in cost, you say that it can actually create a false economy because the costs of non-compliance and not investing in compliance is actually much, much higher. So other than penalties, Lori, can you talk us through some of those consequences of non-compliance? What are they? What do they look like? What is the impact to an organization? Sure. So consequences of non-compliance can be catastrophic for companies. There's, there's always going to be the risk, of course, of the monetary side of the penalty. Um, but the nature of non-compliance, um, the severity of the consequence can be, can be major. You could have a ripple effect and lose export privileges, right? You could have licenses or permits canceled. 
Uh, but I think the bigger concern is the hit to the reputation of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are a company that, you know, is splashed on the news with your name for some penalty, people remember those things. They do. Yeah. Reputational risk is is huge. And, you know, I also think about delays in operations when we talk about, you know, fines, right? A lot of companies, retailers will charge fines if product or or is not delivered on time, right? Delays in operations. You've got lines that could be down because they're missing this one particular product. And it could be because you're not in compliance in one area, which means that you're scrutinized in every other area as well. And so it doesn't just impact you and your business. It also impacts your customer and their customers, customers' business. There's kind of this domino effect as far as the consequences of non-compliance. And like you said, like it could really take out an organization completely, right? Yes, it could very well. All right. So technology can really start to help tackle some of these risks. So talk to us about the power of a single integrated technology and how that can bring competitive advantage for organizations, as well as help them effectively navigate this complex regulatory landscape. Craig, over to you on this one. Give us everything you know about technology and how how it can help us with this compliance issue. Well, I I think the key is that you know, there's there's one source of truth. You have one set of data. And, you know, it starts overseas with your export file. That's the same data that is going to eventually be your import file, um, you know, in the U.S. or wherever the goods are being imported. Right. And why have to, why, why does somebody have to rekey that? There's such a risk of making mistakes, missing something. There's the delay. You know, if that can be just one set of data that, Somebody overseas is looking at as their export. Somebody, uh, you know, on the other side of the pond is looking at as their import. But it's the same set of data that makes a big difference in the ability to get that data accurate and and compliant. Yeah, absolutely. I remember uh, working in the operations department at a freight forwarder and just one mistake, right? If it's a consolidated container, the amount of paperwork that I would have to print to send to customs, (laughs) but one mistake and I would have to reprint everything. And so it's not even just that, it's also waste, right? If we do have to print documents, I know a lot is sent electronically now, but some customs, you know, um, it, there's a lot of waste uh, if we are going to make a mistake. And like you said, you know, one source of truth going from one end of the supply chain to another end of the supply chain and that data following it all the way through um, really helps in that compliance, that regulatory. And I think also with audits, right? I don't know how much you guys know about audits, but customs does audit customs brokers and freight forwarders and things like that. And so how does technology really help a company like Lori's um, to really stay compliant and show the right regulatory bodies that they're doing everything that they can to stay compliant and also their customers, right? Because they are um, responsible to their customers as well. Sure. Um, you know, as far as the audits go, the uh, the ability to have all of the information for the one file at your fingertips, you know, is important. So you'd have all the documents, you know, for that, that shipment, 
both you know what what was exported and imported all in one file all in one place easy access to power of attorney you know electronically digitally imaged onto onto that uh, you know organization's profile all that information right in one spot so you don't have to reach out to multiple systems to try to put it together massage it you know to present it to customs you know during an audit or something like that it's really important to have you know all the history there uh, in one spot. Yeah. And I remember before those times, we would have had to get everybody in a meeting together and be like, okay, we need this from your department and this from your department and this from your department. So I can only imagine how much time, you know, the technology side of it just, you know, cuts down on everybody trying to come together for an audit and pulling together all of that information. It's just, well, of course, crazy. I, I remember the days where they would say yeah, they would have a guy who would, they would send out to the warehouse and they had a warehouse full of documents, boxes, boxes, right. a box room. Exactly. Yes, and then they would did. just have to go out and find that document for the audit. You know, those, those days, uh, hopefully for most companies are gone, but you know, with the technology, all that should be electronically stored and all your records should be, you know, electronically accessible to you now. Hopefully. I remember spending hours in that room going through boxes. And if they were labeled wrong, oh man, that would take days. Lori, you're nodding your head and laughing. Is there anything that you'd like to um, share with I, I think I just give away my age a little bit by saying I remember uh, climbing through the boxes in the warehouse, <laughs> you know, trying to find a file and it's all hot and summer sweaty, you know, oh, no yep. fun. It was no fun. No, that was no fun. It was usually like a room in the back of the warehouse. And it was dark. Oh, and nobody wanted to be in there anyways. <laughs> anyways, so let's talk about solutions. Let's talk about the solutions that CargoWise are using to do this for their own customers. I mean, you have an incredible set of customs and compliance solutions. So what do they do? How do they help tackle the complex issues that we've talked about so far? Uh, well, right. what we do is... Uh, you know, we have one system built from the ground up. Uh, we don't have a bunch of uh, desperate systems that we've tried to glue together, you know, with bubble gum and tape. Uh, we have one system we built natively into uh, CargoWise with a native customs module so that uh, all of, everything can talk to each other. We're using one set of data for all the information and, and that... Uh, Along with you know our expertise in all the various countries, with with our uh, product managers, allows us to stay compliant and keep your data compliant, um, and you know keep that one set of truth for you for for all of our clients. And is it easy to use? Like, is it? Do you like talk to us about the use of it? So, if I'm a user of that particular technology, how easy is it to use? Sort of paint us a picture of how somebody would use it. Sure. The, you know, it's, it's really easy to use, you know, users can customize, you know, the, the grids to, to display what, what fields I want to see. Um, and then the person next to me might be want to have a different view on their uh, screen so they can modify that as well. Um, you know, management can decide how they want the screens to look for people. The grid searches have color coding so I can change uh, you know, rows to show yellow if that's something I want to draw attention, that's something I want to pay attention to. You know, there's a, a workflow module that allows us to send uh, alerts to users when there's something that 
you know, the user has configured saying, hey, this is something I want to pay attention to, or this, you yeah. know, this particular event hasn't occurred within 48 hours of something else happening, send me an email just to remind me so I can go and check in on it. Yeah, and you bring up a really good point because with compliance and regulatory, things are changing all the time. And I remember um, our customs and compliance department being like, you know, how do we stay on top of all of the moving pieces, all of the changes, right? How, how can we be alerted when something is changed or maybe something that we're doing is non-compliant that maybe we have to revisit, check, you know, that kind of thing, especially in customs when you're using a ruler. <laughs> they used to use the ruler to go down <laughs> and go line by line and enter that into mm -hmm. the system and things like that. I mean, talk about mistakes. Right. Talk about tired eyes and, you know, put, inputting thousands and thousands of lines. I mean, I can only imagine the difference that this technology makes at this moment, especially trying to stay on top of everything. And as Lori mentioned, you know, there's all these, uh, you know, in the U.S., all these things with Section 301s and 232s and all the all the tariff numbers that are always changing, additional duties that are being applied, yeah. anti-dumping, countervailing, uh, you know, having one system that kind of manages all that for you and puts those rules in place for you. It's really important. So you're not always having to go out to websites and look yeah. up things and, and try to have an Excel spreadsheet that keeps track of that for you. Yeah. And alerts. I mean, I can only imagine if I had had that back in my day, I would, I might still be in logistics, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Lori, I want to come to you next. You know, Craig just gave us a really great overview of their solutions. Talk to us about how you're using that, right? What does, what makes it, um, what makes those capabilities so powerful? You know, Craig's talking a lot about the uh, import compliance for the USA areas, but, you know, we can't forget to look at the export side, too, for yeah. like things like denied party screening, right? And CargoWise has a fantastic system um, where you can set it up to screen every party in the transaction, and alerts will come up and give you the information that you need to decide if it's a uh, potential hit or needs further, you know, clarification or research, um, and then you can clear it or or not, right? Um, the denied party screening is a, an important factor because it helps not only us, but it also helps our clients. Yeah, absolutely. And I would I would assume, especially on the export side, I mean, there's a lot of rules and regulations in the, the import countries, right? Especially with some of the disruption over in Russia and Ukraine, you know, you get you get a shipment from a client to be exported to a potential region that's being completely disrupted. I mean, you need to know what's going on. You need to know what you can do, what you can't do, what products are allowed in, what they're not. And that's always changing as well because of all the political disruption and who decides you know, whether, you know, grain's going to be allowed to be exported or imported. And maybe you're also shifting from an import perspective to another region and your client is shifting from, you know, Europe to Asia and they're relying on you to understand the difference, right? The, the new tariffs, the duty rates, are there, um, you know, 
free trade agreements that they could take advantage of and all of that kind of thing. So Lori, talk to us about how you got involved with WiseTech. Like what is the case study here, right? What was the problem that Jazz was trying to solve? How did you implement it? Like walk us through that. And then what was the ROI and benefit that you've seen from working with uh, CargoWise and their compliance system? So gosh, it's been... I don't know, 10 or 12 years now, I guess, Craig. That we've been right. That's a good sign. I mean, 10 or 12 years as a client. Yeah, it's that. been a while. Um, you know, look, I've enjoyed all of the the setup and the integration. It was, uh, you know, it's tough going to a new system. And we brought on our countries a little at a time until all of us were on globally. Uh, so that took us a little bit of time. But that was that was the goal. And when we got to that goal, that was the benefit, right? Being able to see what someone is putting in in, say, Germany, mm-hmm. uh, as Craig mentioned, that's their export file, but it becomes my import file in it in the U.S., right? And we can actually see the client's data all the way to the, the SKU level, right? Mm. And if I can see that data, I can help, you know, look at patterns or look at uh, classifications for companies that Maybe, maybe there's not something correct there, or maybe they need to look at a free trade agreement and they're not utilizing that. I can pull those things together and present that to a client and say, this is something we should consider. You know, this there could be a free trade agreement that you're not taking advantage of here, or maybe this is the correct tariff and you're using an incorrect tariff. But if I can't see that SKU level, you know, I can't do that, right? So being able to see it from the beginning. Uh, when it's first put into the to the shipment all the way through is it's extremely beneficial. I love what you're saying, Lori, because again, I go back to my logistics days. We were not talking about patterns. We were not talking about looking at the data for our clients to find out the patterns. I mean, we were looking at tariffs, right? And we were looking at free trade agreements and making sure that they were using the right ones. But we weren't talking from a technology perspective how beneficial it can be and how it changes the conversation with your client, right? If I had had this when I was in sales, I think I could have sold way more business (laughs) because these are the types of conversations that the client wants. These are the type of conversations that empower us as freight forwarders to be able to have those conversations. And it takes it to another level because you're presenting data right? You're presenting patterns. You're presenting a way for you to partner and work together and make sure that everybody is benefiting from doing things correctly, right? And I just, man, I love that. So um, Craig, why do some of the world's largest freight forwarders choose CargoWise? On top of the obviously fantastic technology, what else sets you apart? What does a partnership with CargoWise look like? Well, I think that uh, you know these companies are recognizing the the need for one global system versus many uh, separate systems, and I think what sets us apart is that we have you know truly one system that is is built to, to from the ground up. It's it's not multiple systems tied together, so it really is um, you know it the system is. Uh, very secure and and very the data is um, very hard as far as you know not having to try to pass data between different systems. 
there's also a lot of efficiencies gained with having that one system and not having to maintain multiple systems and not having to have multiple logins, not having to try to pass that data around and keep it in sync. But I think the, you know, all of the capabilities, um, you know, including the compliance, but also, you know, those things that efficiencies we can gain with workflow where, you know, the system can alert you when something hasn't happened, um, the electronic imaging capabilities, you know, all those things tied together in one system in one place mm -hmm. um, is really what is is drawing companies towards CargoWise. Well, yeah, and you bring up a good point. We haven't really talked about it, but obviously cybersecurity is on the top of everybody's mind because it's one of the biggest risks in supply chain. Um, but it's also part of compliance. And I think when you're working with clients, they want to know that your technology, the technology platform that you're working with is secure right? You're, um, you've got their data fl flowing through your platforms. And it's really important to a lot of the retailers, importers, exporters, that the data that they're giving you is going to be safe and secure. So you bring up a really good point that if you are going to work with a technology provider, especially in compliance, you need to make sure that they're safe and uh, secure. So finally, then, what are the top ways to achieve supply chain compliance? Lori, I'm going to start with you. So I always have this motto, um, say what you do and do what you say, Love right? It. So that means if you're going to be compliant, if you say you're compliant, then you need to be compliant, right? And uh, I think with CargoWise, they certainly the system helps us to stay in compliance and, and helps our customers. So say what you do and do what you say. I love that. And Craig, what about you? What advice would you give to everybody? Yeah, I would kind of echo that in that it it's compliance needs to be paid attention to. Um, it's interesting, you know, as I talk with uh, forwarders and brokers, you know, across the U.S. and Canada, you can tell those who have a focus on compliance and you can tell those who aren't quite as concerned about it. Um, and it's important for everyone to pay attention to those things because, you know, as we mentioned earlier, you know, you get hit with some fines and penalties. They can be substantial. So it's something that you have to pay attention to and make sure you choose, you know, your technology and, and your partners that are going to help you in that area. Um, you know, rather than just trying to just kind of escape by and ignore those things. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that's one important question that you want to be asking any partner that you're going to be working with moving forward is, you know, what's the compliance strategy? What's the technology that you use? So in an increasingly complex regulatory landscape, successfully navigating evolving geopolitical environments while taking advantage of new opportunities for scale and growth has become much more complicated. Leveraging technology is key to ensuring every Everything from efficiency and security to due diligence and collaboration. And CargoWise is the first software platform of its kind, able to provide logistics providers with a globally unified platform for managing customs and compliance across the multitude of geographies they operate in. If you want to find out more, you can check them out at wisetechglobal.com or 
cargowise.com. And so a massive thanks to Craig and Lori for joining me today and to the team at Wise Tech Global for making this episode happen. And now make sure you tune in next time for episode three of this new Wise Tech Global mini series, because we're going to be jumping off from compliance and diving deeper into the topic of risk. As more and more organizations tackle digital transformation projects alongside the innumerable other considerations they face on a daily basis, all set against the backdrop of a disruptive market and economy, risk just continues to grow. We'll be talking about why we all need to change the way we view risk in logistics and the approach that's going to change the game. This is going to be a real eye-opener, so make sure you don't miss it. Craig and Lori, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing all your insights on compliance. Thank you for having me. All right, thank you.